0: river kids, picking up stones like David did, watching them long necks break off a freight train bridge. We went to church in a Detroit car, our daddies drank draft at the local bar, with a naked back just like old granddad did.
1: And we like cold cake beer, fixing up trucks. Old bird dogs and the woman we love Maxwell has steaming out of a coffee cup We say our prayers send them to the sky Must stop by
0: hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the marcus show bro i am your host as i am every single time marcus himself and as always i am brought to you with my partner in crime my number two the carlos santana to my justin masterson ryan ryan buddy how's it going
1: great mark i'm loving the uh, 2013 uh Cleveland Indians analogy yes, there. Yes.
0: At the time they were the Indians.
1: Yes, they were.
0: Never forget. Not never anymore forget. though. I'll never forget. <laughs> you can't forget, you know? They they're always the Indians to me. Um All right. <laughs> anyway, uh Ryan, we got a bunch of stuff we got to talk about. Like a whole bunch of stuff we got to talk about. Yeah. Um yeah. and a lot of it is NFL centric um it's or I football mean, in general yeah, yeah i mean nfl is king so how can we kind of shy away from it and the first thing that you brought up that i think that i agree with uh that we have talked about is uh the the Tua Tungavaloa situation with the Miami oh, Dolphins yeah. so um just to kind of recap a little bit uh 2 weeks ago uh Tua and and the Dolphins played the Buffalo Bills it appeared that after uh, taking a shot, not not directly to the head, but the the head kind of bouncing off the turf, um, Tua seemed a little bit shaky. They took him out, evaluated him, um, and the uh, independent um, doctor claimed that he did not have any did not have a concussion at the time. He was able to come back in. The Dolphins end up winning that game. Um, short rest. They come out and play the Bengals on Thursday. Um, he takes what really wasn't a, a shot um, at all. It was kind of a. now He was it,
1: thrown down hard, but it's not like it was a dirty player, a cheap shot. Yeah, you know?
0: it could have just been the angle of the shot, too, or whatever the case is. But um, goes down and gets one of those scary, just kind of fully out. Um, you know, uh, I equated it to uh, what happened to Mason Rudolph a couple years ago. Um, yes. Not I, I don't think Rudolph's was as bad. Uh and then it got brought up that um he was cleared by two different doctors mm-hmm. uh that probably shouldn't have cleared him. Um
1: the, was it the one the team physician and the independent guy too? Yes,
0: yeah, both guys kind of cleared him to play. Mm-hmm. So and the independent both, guy got fired. Yeah, I think but I, I think the I think both of them might have got fired. Um but so you know <sighs> You watch it. It's a scary thing mm-hmm. um, for sure. Uh, it's one of those things that it's kind of – I don't want to say the reality of football
1: because in in reality, he shouldn't have played this week. No. Um, I mean, like football is a violent game. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't want to say, like, oh, he signed up for this. But, like, you still got to – like, head injuries are very serious, especially with, you know, seat, the lingering effects of concussions to – Lots of former NFL players. Yeah. And when he looked like concussed on Sunday against Buffalo, and he's like walking, he just like stumbles and collapses. Like mm-hmm. the fact that he was even able to come back into that game is amazing in it's, itself. But the fact that you're having, you're playing him four days later. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I know the doctors cleared him, but you got to look out for the long term of the guy. It's like, let's just rest. Him. Like you have Teddy Bridgewater as a backup. Bridgewater is serviceable and you have a good enough team around him where you got. Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle at receiver. You got Mike Jacekia at tight end. Raheem Moster and Chase Edminster It's actually a pretty underrated like one-two punch. Like yeah. you have guys around him, and Bridgewater has played. He's Bridgewater. Obviously, he's not going to take you over the top, but he's he'll, he can keep you in the game, sort of thing. Yeah, they have good l- enough defense too. It's like they didn't need to play him there.
0: No, as long as you prep Bridgewater. I mean, he's he's. <laughs> He's Teddy covers. I love him. He's he covers more games <laughs> than like anybody else. Um he knows, so, he knows what to do. He knows what to do. He knows he knows the spreads. Um mm-hmm. and so yeah, I, I agree with you. And the first thing that that we kind of said and we've talked about all throughout this week, and now Tua had already been ruled out Tuesday of yeah, this week.
1: Miami's um, not messing around this time. <laughs> no. Um I I believe that
0: I don't think season. I do think that he'll be out to Two
1: weeks minimum, maybe three. Um I agree with that. I, I think I, Miami knows that the everybody is watching them very closely. And yeah. they're already in enough hot water as it is as an organization with the whole Brian Flores situation. They were caught tampering with Tom Brady and Sean Payton. So yeah. they, they don't exactly have the best reputation right now. So mm-hmm. they're yeah. really like cut, you know, watching watching everything that they do and probably overthinking things, you know?
0: Yeah. No, it'll he'll be a good two weeks. And and like you said, I think Teddy's serviceable. Um, I think Teddy can do what but and the only difficult part that, that happens is you're going from a left handed guy to a right handed guy. So um it, it, as a play caller really you kinda make
1: that big of a difference.
0: Um it it does in the sense of a play caller now is to think of the plays differently. So you're not running as many plays to the left or formations to the left. You're now running them more to the That's, right. Um, And the ball, the way everything I've ever heard is the way that the ball spins off a left handed quarterback. It's different than it spins off a right handed quarterback. So when you're so used to catching a football that's spinning in one way over and over again as a wide receiver. It's now coming in the other way. I think it's a bigger adjustment when you go from a right handed guy to a left handed guy
1: mm-hmm. than a left
0: handed guy to a right handed guy because so many people are right handed.
1: For whatever reason, like you bring up lefties throwing different varieties. I always feel like left handed quarterbacks throw off their back foot more. I don't know why. Yeah. It always looks like that. Yeah. Like uh, Kellen Moore was throw off his back foot too. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's because I'm thinking of him.
0: Yeah. It's, it's still weird to me when you watch left handed, like Tua, when I watch him. Mm-hmm. Like, I. I've always been in the camp that I saw what he did at Alabama and he can't be that bad. Like, he just can't. I'm sorry. He can't. No.
1: Um, and, he was, like, got, like, the greatest prospect. They, they hyped him up, like, that coming out. Yeah. There, there was the whole tank for Tua. Yeah, like. exactly.
0: Um, but when you're watching the game, and because of the way the camera is angled, like, cameras are naturally angled to show you the front side of a right-handed quarterback. And then when you're watching mm-hmm. a, a Dolphins game – and that hard cam is showing Tua's back because that's the way he stands to throw. It just throws me off every time. Um, but I, it's that like has that
1: with like baseball and pitchers too, where it's always angle. Like whenever a left hander comes in, it looks like a lot of his pitches are breaking more just based on the angle that the, yes. the camera angle is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that
0: it's not great. Not great for the Dolphins, not great for the guy. And and when something like that happens, the first thing you think is just – you hope that, you know, it's kind of a football be damned situation at that point. You just kind of hope that the guy's okay and he's going to do okay. And
1: Right. Like, I really um, hope this doesn't have, like, any sort of uh, impact on the rest of his season or even if his career just – because I've already seen the the one doctor who kind of just – who found CT – like, you know the whole concussion guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's come out and said that Tua should retire. Like, yeah, yeah. Which I don't know if he. I I would probably bet he doesn't. No, he he's not going to. Yeah. But if he if he keeps, you, you just hope you don't see him take any more hits like that. Or Miami no. is more cautious with him because mm-hmm. I was already thinking cause he's kind of faced some like injuries before this in his career, and, and I'm like, is it, can his body take the wear and tear? Like, yeah, I mean, he is not exactly a big dude. No, he's
0: one of those smaller guys, he's got a little bit of weight on him. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's not like a like, um, uh, who's old buddy at Alabama right now, young Bryce Young, like Bryce Young's small, but Bryce Young is also like skinny. Where like Tua is he's got a little bit of meat on him, Russell Wilson, he's a shorter guy that's got a little bit more muscle on him, yes, so they can take a little bit more. But no, I see, I see what you're saying there as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Young banged up his shoulder last week, too, so yeah, so they're, him up. they're about to
0: run the ball for four hundred yards against Texas a and m oh, yeah, um, but uh, Ryan, can we talk some actual football? Yes, okay,
1: and our teams
0: <laughs> and our team, so we're gonna we 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 don't usually. I think we talk more Cleveland stuff than we ever do, like you know my team stuff. But I did yeah, want to talk, bring up the Steelers
1: on me because no, I just like to ramble. It's all good. So
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor to you first. Talk talk me through your thoughts on the way that that game ended up on on Sunday.
1: Okay, <laughs> if you look at the box score from this game, I'm going to start off with that. Like. If, if you're looking at the box score and you didn't know the final score and I asked you which team you think won, I think you would have guessed the Browns because Nick Chubb had over a hundred yards rushing. Um, Brissett had over 200 passing yards. Um, and they had a couple, you know, no receiver over a hundred yards, but they had like a two different, like Najoku and Peoples Jones both had like, I think 60 yards each. Mm-hmm. Um, so just kind of a very balanced with the exception of Amari Cooper, who, they did a good job covering him. I know you were kept texting me about he needed the ball more, and I agreed. Mm-hmm. But it's just the Browns left. I'd, it's now that it's Wednesday instead of Sunday. My reasoning for how, why they lost the game has kind of changed. If you asked me like immediately after the game, I would have blamed it on the defense, and I'll get to them here in just a second. But this one's on solely on the offense because the offense played so well, but they left so many points on the field. Like opening drive of the game. The Browns get down inside the red zone, inside the 10-yard line, and mm-hmm. they decided to go for it on fourth and 3 uh from the from the 4-yard line. They don't get it and I love cuz you know St- Stefanski he's an analytical guy and cuz they had second down, I think they had like at the 2-yard line before that and they tried to uh, hurry up on third down and Nick Chubb had for like a 2-yard loss and then they went for it on fourth down. They didn't get it and actually uh Atlanta did a good job of covering it, and Percent ended up throwing the ball away on fourth down, which actually, if you think about it, was the smarter play because instead of trying to force something and could get picked off in the end zone, you know, they get the ball at the 20, and they've mm-hmm. got the ball at the four. It didn't matter because they drove down and scored. But I'm all for being aggressive, and I kind of want to get your take on this, but sometimes points are points. Like, yeah, when is there like being too aggressive? So like you kind of saw this with the Chargers last year. And Brandon Staley is a lot like Kevin Stefanski, the way they use more analytics. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I was
0: I was listening to it's funny you brought that up. So I was listening to Rossillo talk to um, uh, Trent Dilfer uh, mm-hmm. this week, and they kind of talk about and break down some of the games and some of the things that they see. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, Ryan took the stance that you can't you can't play both sides of. Feeling like gut feeling and analytics. You're either all in on the analytics or you're all in on the gut. Where Dilfer said, no, you don't have to be married to one or the other. You can you can kind of play both. And I kind of side with Dilfer on that as well. I am too. Because actually. you can listen to, okay, this is what the analytics tell us to do at this point. But me as a person and seeing what's going on, like, if if there's momentum a certain way or if a certain team is playing like their offense, you can't stop them or mm-hmm. um, their your defense is playing great, like you can be more aggressive or mm-hmm. but like there is something to be said about when an offense drives down the field and then you get no points out of it when you had a chance to at least get some points out of it.
1: Um, and, and in this case, you're playing a game without your, your best defensive player and you're Arguably, your second, or probably their tens awards, their second best player because yeah. they didn't have their top two defensive ends. Yes. no Clowney, no Garrett, mm-hmm. and they didn't have their one of their best uh, linebackers, Anthony Walker Jr., who's out for the season. Well, and, and there was so, a couple.
0: There was a couple times too where Atlanta just Atlanta ran the run the ball in your face offense. That
1: like, was the, the fourth quarter. But I'm going to get to that here in just yeah. a second. Um, so the Falcons and I'm just wondering, like, does that three points? Like it's easy to say, oh, they lost by three, and then they would have been tied at 23 at the end. We don't know what would have happened if the Falcons starting at the 20-yard line as opposed to, like, the four. Like, yeah. You don't know what sort of difference that would have made. But since you lost by three, you're just like, well, because the Falcons then go down and score. Um, now they they, they kicked the field goal, and then the, the Browns fumbled them, and they scored on short field, so it's 10 to nothing. Then in the second and quor- second third quarter, the Browns' defense was great. The offense was still moving the ball, but they just, what is it? So they scored 10-7, to seven, and then at the end of the first half, they completed a deep ball to Donovan Peoples-Jones, who down at the one-yard line. They run it on first down. Nick Chubb gets stuffed. He actually fumbled, but thank God it was one of those where they blown the play dead on forward progress, where he it came out like at the very end, and they dodged a bullet there. Mm-hmm. When they get called for holding the next play, so they got second and goal from the 11, and they call a screen pass. Perfect call. If you watch, like, the overview of it, if he gets the ball to Kareem, you just, oh, I'm just so mad just thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a perfect play call, but the, there's a defender in Brissette's face, and he, he hunts, like, there. You know, you're, he can't just – he's just trying to, like, lob it like this. I mean, you can see this, but yeah. people listening can't. Like, he's just trying to do it. Like, that's the only way he can get in the ball, but since he's got something in his face, he just can't put enough on it where it just bounces to hunt. Yeah. Hung catches it. It's an easy touch. Like he could literally walk in. Like yeah. every there yeah. was nobody ahead of him. And end up kicking a field goal. And I'm thinking, like, all right, we're, you know, I feel like I feel like we're gonna win this game. But just the the third quarter, this is the Falcons' first three offensive drives. Three and out, three and out interception. You know how many points the Browns scored on, on those after that on offense? Three. Three. As on the short field. Mm-hmm. It's not like those other two drives. They were three and out. They moved the ball a little bit, but it's like they just couldn't. And then once they took the lead there, that's when Atlanta just went ramming it down your throat. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what adjustment they made because that was like the start of the fourth quarter because the Browns' defense in the second and third was great. Like they couldn't – Mariota, all his – he completed seven passes, and most of them were just – what makes Mario so good is he's elusive, so you always have to keep an eye on him. most of his past where he'd be scrambling and then he gets someone to commit on him and he'd throw the ball to the guy whose man went to folk to cover him sort of, or defend him. So then they scored to take the lead. They just literally run it down the Browns throat. And the guy they brought in was signed up the practice squad. who literally carried the ball seven times on that drive and and got all their yards for a touchdown. Like, and it's not Mm -hmm. like he's picking up three or four yards. He's going seven, eight, nine. And he's just, no, yeah. Like, yeah. Running dudes over. It was it was the it
0: was the uh what do they call it the the packer power sweep or whatever it is mm-hmm. like oh legendary packer sweep, yep. Yes. The packer sweep, you just run it until they can't stop it. So um yeah, that's when teams are doing that to you, that's just kind of to me, that's kind of the kiss of death. That's that is the
1: it's tough to come back after that. It is. And it's just like the more I think about it, and like that's where I think they really missed uh, Garrett and Clowney because both of them, Clowney especially, are great in the run game. And they were also missing Taven Bryan, who's there when they're starting defensive tackles, who I think he's like second on the team behind Garrett and like pressure. So he constantly – he's a very solid player. So I think they were missing them there because they are playing a bunch of rookies actually. But then they score to take the lead. And when the Browns drive down, Nick Chubb scores. And then it's 20-17. The Falcons come back down, tie it. Basically doing the same thing, running in throat, including on the big play where Kyle Pitts literally was hugging Jer- Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. And they mm-hmm. throw the flag and I'm thinking, oh, great, they're going to call the hole finally. But they call the hole on the Browns, which, yes, Tommy Togiai was holding the lineman, but so was Kyle Pitts. Mm-hmm. Like Kyle Pitts was literally hugging Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Yeah. And then after that, it's a tie game. And since both teams are running the ball, the clock in the fourth quarter, is like at five minutes when the Browns get the ball, they're moving the ball. They get to about um, like the 40 yard line and they're running it. Then they do a play action fake. It's one of those where Brissett is going out to the left, his left side. So he's kind of running his opposite. So one of those, he has to make a throw over his body and Mm -hmm. whatever it is, um, Atlanta, they, they, they saw what happened and they covered it very well. See to throw it away, run it on second, get three yards. Third down, there's like two minutes. There's like three minutes left in the game. He misses Harrison Bryant, who, if he catches it, he probably has the first down. If not, he's really close. Mm -hmm. You punt. And this is when the mistakes really, like, add up to to where people are talking like it's costing the game. The punter has a great punt, hits it like the 10. Ronnie Harrison grabs on one hop at the nine. I don't think he realized. I don't know if it just was he did it without thinking or he just didn't know where he was, where he could let the ball bounce a little bit to got them closer to like the one yard line yeah instead of start the nine first down this next drive uh they finally stuff uh atlanta in the run game like Caleb, the, the guy who ran it down their throat they hit him for a two-yard loss so mm-hmm. second down they get a little mario starts to run up in the pocket like he's gonna run and then he makes like this crate one of those crazy like athletic where he throws almost like a cr- he doesn't set speed. He just makes like a mm-hmm. almost a dangerous throw to a dude who's wide open, like some sort of. I don't know how the coverage got blown. Was it because someone was had eyes on Mario? They just yeah. took their eyes off the receiver. The dude gains fifty yards, and there's a face mask which tacks on, which is added with the fifty yards. Mm-hmm. But they end up kicking a field goal, so it's twenty three twenty. Browns are at the timeout. They're driving. They get to. A, they're almost about at the field goal range, like mark, which. For uh, Kay York within in his career, career long, and so they're at, it's a second and seven or second and no second no first and ten. Um, they try to do a screen pass to Kareem Hunt. It, it's not a very clean play though. They completed the Hunt and he gains like three yards, like the same thing. Defender in his face, so they had a pump fake twice to, to before he could throw him the ball. But Joel one of their linemen because you know screen passes. This lineman got downfield before because he didn't know that Hunt there. Hadn't gotten the ball yet, so that's five yards. And then Brissett gets sacked, the only sack of the game. That the only time he ever got sacked during the game. So it's you're at third down and twenty three now. And next play, he tries to force the ball downfield, which when it gets picked off. And Tiki Barber made this great point where he didn't need to make that throw because you're in two down territory. Like mm-hmm. it's third down. What he yeah. should have been doing, and I watched all so on the replay that made me so like he had Dearness Johnson wide open underneath because they're dropping everybody back in coverage. You complete the Johnson. Johnson's going to gain – it's third and 23. He's going to get 15 to 20 yards at least. Like, you're going to get close to the um, – maybe even back into field goal range. So, definitely in the field goal range, if not maybe even the first down. It's like you don't have to – it's just like – Yeah. You watch it and it's just like they left so many points on – they played well enough to it's like, how did they lose this game? yes and the Atlanta team that you look at the box score it's like how did they win like mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. like if you would ask me on sunday i would blame the defense but the more i've read and watched highlights and just read some of like the breakdown it's the offense is the reason they lost the game mm-hmm. they just didn't they didn't execute when they needed to
0: yeah yeah um, yeah i don't i don't know what else to add because that was very thorough and I and I get it. It's it's frustrating, but you know what? I mean, it's there. And like you said, you're I hope down. You enjoyed
1: you're... that breakdown. Of yes, like, I mean you're play down. Play. Yeah,
0: you're down. Your your best two defensive, arguably two of your top three defensive players, um, and and you still competed. I think you know I don't think the Falcons are that bad of a team that we they're think really they are. Not. I think they're pretty competitive.
1: Like, uh, I mean, they got some dudes. Yeah. Yeah. So i I'm not. Any kind well, of it's loss. Just frustrating stinks. because Brissett played you're playing like you know your schedule right now, like the, the Browns could very well be four and oh, three and one, like easily three and one they could honestly be four and oh. mm-hmm. and when you're you're playing a your backup, you know you're waiting for Watson, your goal is to be like at least six and five when Watson gets back. Mm-hmm. But these first four games were kind of their. There's no such thing as a gimme in the NFL because every, anybody can be anybody on, on any given Sunday. But, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that you're 2-2, two and two, now you got the the rest of their schedule in October. And November is brutal. You got the Chargers this week. Can they beat the Chargers? Absolutely. Will they? We'll have to wait yeah. and see. You Yeah, the Patriots next – or the week after, <clears throat> no Mac Jones. And they might be starting Bailey Zapp, just based on how they played. Yeah. I mean, in New England. And the Patriots are – the Patriots they're never they're never a guarantee I don't care what anyone says they're never you're never going to walk all over the Patriots yeah no
0: they're never a pushover
1: and then after that you got Baltimore and Cincinnati mm-hmm. um Cincinnati's at home on Monday night then they had their bye week then they got Miami Buffalo and Tampa Bay and okay. then Watson's back after that yeah and I, I look at their schedule I'm like you got to get three of those games at least like I mean, we don't know what's going to happen within the next month and a half. They got the talent; like their offense is ranked like third in the league. Mm -hmm. Like they're running the ball great. Brissett is been a lot better than I thought he would be. He's doing his job. Like he's ranked. I don't know how. I don't know how serious you take QBR. He's got the ninth ranked QBR in the league.
0: Yeah. No, I think it's. I think it means something. I look at the exception. Yeah, I I look at the like. Um, I like the PFF rankings a lot more because they. They, they look a lot deeper into – and we'll get into that okay. here in a second.
1: I don't know how serious people actually take those. because I feel like a lot of people don't like them just because they're more analytical. Yeah, I, that's kind of why I like it in a
0: sense, and, and I'm kind of going to use it because of – and we'll get to that here in a second. But, um, yeah, I uh, – that is – I mean, the AFC North just has a br- brutal – like the, the
1: Steelers' next four games right now, have you looked at them? Um, I know they play Buffalo on Sunday. This is a good way to carry over to Pittsburgh, by the way.
0: So they go Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, Philadelphia. Their next four, which is just
1: tough, that's brutal.
0: But I'm not. um, So anything can happen. Like yes. Well, I'm not going to – and this is kind of what I want to talk about. I'm not going to get as in-depth as you did because I, I watched the red zone. So I'm not like You're fully all fo- over. Yeah, I'm, I'm not fully focused on the series. I'm following, obviously, and, and any of the highlights that come on I'm watching. But, again, to start the game, the offense just looked putrid. We – talk about being down your two best players. We were truly down our two best defensive players. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Without having Minka uh, with the, the head injury and – Obviously, no TJ. Um, So I figured we would struggle a little bit more there. The Jets hop out to a 10-0 lead early. Um, The Steelers were able to tie it up at 10, but it just didn't look like anything was happening. Uh, And coming out of the second half, uh, they put in Kenny Pickett. So I'm fully Mm -hmm. locked in. Like, I'm fully locked into watching to see what they do with Pickett. Is there going to be anything different? Is, you know, how is this going to look? and the first three plays with Pickett were run, run, run to make it fourth and one. Um, Najee played, right? Najee did play. Najee did play. Um, So they go run, 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 and uh, immediately go for it on fourth and one, which I love. I love Mm -hmm. love it. Not only that, they ran a quarterback sneak that uh, Pickett was able to pick up like three yards past it, which was awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. Um oh, now, by the way, before before I mention this, yeah. Jacoby Brissett is the QB sneak king. That guy oh, does yeah, not no. miss. He can get he can get QB sneaks like
0: no other. They've they brought mm-hmm. him in. Remember they bring him in and, uh yes with uh, Philip Rivers. Yeah. Yes, with the Colts to come do those. Um but they uh end up he takes a deep shot um ball gets tipped it gets intercepted it was going to Claypool um the Steelers then end up getting a i think it was a fumble i believe this was the one they got a fumble um on the next uh on that next drive um to put them in really good scoring position uh and Pickett runs it in um to score his first touchdown they then have um so they're up 17 to 3 or 17 10, rather, my bad. Get the ball back again. Uh, and they're able to come down. Is that what it was? Had to have been. Um, because they're able to come down and uh get close enough to score again um to make it twenty to twenty to ten. I believe it what is what it was. Uh and then from then on they kind of just flew to the game away. Like they like. The defense just couldn't hold up. Um, the offense couldn't hold onto the ball long enough. The, the Jets were able to come down and score a touchdown, make it 17 uh, and, 20. And I guess, uh, and then end up scoring the, the touchdown at the very end, and make it 24 20, and end up winning the game. This is kind of where I wanted to go with this because I, I don't mm-hmm. care about as much the in depth. I'm going to be the first one to sit here and say this. I don't think the Steelers overall are a great team this year, especially when you lose TJ Watt. And you mm-hmm. have that strength of the defense; they're just not as good as they have been. Now, that being said, like watching what Pickett can do, this would this was the, these were the two things that stuck out to me the, the most. Okay, he threw three interceptions, right? Mm-hmm. So when you just look at the box score and you say, "All right, kid gets his first start, and in one half he throws three interceptions," right? And this is where I was going with the PFF stuff because PFF takes into account. Are they quarterback-related interceptions or are they on somebody
1: else? I wanted to mention that too. Yes, because you said I didn't see a second one, but his first one was p- tip, So it's the second one, correct? The second, the second one was Deontay Johnson again. Tip had the ball to catch it, bounce off his hands, interception. Okay, and then the last one was just on the hail mary. Yes. That so Marvin caught in the end zone. Yeah. Like if you watched the game, you realized they weren't his fault, but. Next week when he comes out against Buffalo and they show his styling from last week, it's just going to say three interceptions. It's not going to say two were tipped, one was on a Hail Mary, like last yes, play of the game. Exactly. Right? So PFF takes
0: that into account and they gave him a, uh, um, I think it was like a 71.6, uh, like passer rating or QBR, whatever you want to call it was his overall grade for the game. Um, because of that, uh, and and so he didn't have that bad of a game. He ran in a touchdown. He was using his legs mm-hmm. well. Like – and th- this was the other thing that stood out to me. On that first interception, I was just happy he pressed the ball downfield. Like, he threw the ball downfield. Like, which, he, like, he, he took a shot. Which like. they weren't getting with Mitch. Like, they just weren't getting that. And, like, he's not afraid to throw the ball downfield. And he's not afraid to – the one he threw to Moose to set them up for the score – he stood in the pocket as firm as could be takes a hit right to the jaw line and puts a perfect ball, right? Where fire moves can catch it. Like, mm-hmm. and he just hops back up. Like those are the things you need. Like it, it's, it's just gritty
1: plays like that, that it's like, it kind of reminds me of when the Browns went from Tyrod Taylor to Baker Mayfield, Baker's rookie year, mm-hmm. same thing. You had it. They weren't Tyrod wasn't throwing the ball down the field. That's not really his strength, mm-hmm. but Baker did. It just changed everything. I mean, I, not to bring up Baker, but at yeah. the time it seemed like, oh wow, they're taking more shots downfield. You got a guy who could hit the, you know, hit people downfield.
0: Yes. So, and and they've now it's come out that he's he's top of the depth chart. Should be. Yes, I mean, we should talk, be. we talked about this. Him in you start. Him you can't go back now. There is no. no going back. No. You can And I think Mitch knew it too because in the press conferences afterward, when they were talking to Mitch, he mm-hmm. was. You could tell he was kind of you know. You
1: know, very done, much basically. like
0: yeah, like kind of. I don't want to say mad. I don't want to say upset, but it's I mean, kind of a mixture. He's a competitor. Like, yeah, it's a mixture I mean, both a of both. Competitor.
1: You want him to feel that way. Like you don't yes. want him to be like, oh yeah, Kenny's gonna be. He'll save it, but deep down, he'll be like, this is my team. You know, my yes. job. Like I want. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he's running out of chances too. Like he's hmm. trying to see if he, if he can still lead a team.
0: Yeah. So um, I don't have super high hopes for Buffalo. I just want to see. Is there more of that? Is there more of is there more of what he's got there?
1: Um Yeah. You guys could as great of a coach as Tomlin is, I think you're it just might be too much for him to overcome to, to not have a losing season this well, year. Well, the, the the I thought this was funny.
0: Three of the last four years the Steelers have started one and three. So now is, am it, I
1: the Eagles did last year and they made the playoffs. A couple of teams didn't made the playoffs last yeah, year. So, so am I
0: saying that they're gonna do that same thing this year? I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, is it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, beat, they beat the Bills last year as well. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one of those things is as yeah, a fan, you, you have to tell yourself that it's going to be fine and it's going to be okay, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to sit here and say that they're a good team. What I want to see from them is, does Kenny show flashes of being like the kind of guy that we need him to be that is the first
1: round guy that we took and are hoping to be the heir apparent, right. you know? You just got to remember. Anyone can beat anybody on any given Sunday. Yeah. Like, every year there's always, like, one or two, like, bad teams that beats, like, a really good team. Like, mm-hmm. it happens. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I brought up the Browns schedule being brutal, like, the, these next um, eight game, seven games. Um, and for all we know, they could go five and two. Yeah. I, do I think they will do that? No. But mm-hmm. each week I'll talk myself into thinking that they'll beat <laughs> – Kind of like I've done with the Chargers. This exactly, week, you know? exactly. And, and you probably—I I don't know if you're more of a realist compared to me. I'm a look at the glass is half full. I don't know how you um, do things like that. It depends because I'm a Browns fan. No, so. by the
0: time Sunday hits, I'll I'll be all the way in. By the time Sunday hits, I'll be all the way in. And that's a normal thing. I think everybody feels that way. Yeah, but uh, Ryan, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back. We're going to talk about uh, just kind of a mixed bag of NFL stuff because we're not really fully done with the NFL. Um, Talk a little college football as well. uh, And then kind of get into uh, maybe a little bit of postseason baseball with Mm -hmm. Ryan's two-minute warning. Mm -hmm. Sound good? Yep. All right. Uh, We'll see you here in a second. Hey there, everyone. Well, me and Ryan are taking a quick break. Remember to go into whatever app you're you're using, whether it be Spotify uh, or Apple Podcasts, and hit that subscribe button for us. Um, Download the episode. uh, Give us a rate. Give us a review. It really does help with the show, and we really do appreciate it. uh, And it goes a long way um, for both of us. So please remember to subscribe. And here we come back to the show. And we're back. talking about more football Uh, and Ryan kind of where I wanted to start off with this is um, we won't stay on the NFL for too, too much longer, but there was one thought I wanted to get in uh, that I thought about uh, during the break was um, the Broncos. So obviously for years and years Mm -hmm. and years uh, people have said since Manning had left, at least the Broncos were a quarterback away. The Broncos were a quarterback away um they fire their defensive yeah, coach. Yeah,
1: I think we'd said that on here before too. Yeah, yeah, they
0: they they fire their head coach last year. Um remind me of his name, old guy. I think uh,
1: That was a mistake, but we'll we'll get it.
0: Yeah, um and uh bring in uh Green Bay's offensive coordinator. Uh people forget that they wanted um the Broncos really wanted Aaron Rodgers first. Uh, but then when Aaron Rodgers oh, signs yeah. the, the big extension to stay uh, in Green Bay, they go out and get um, Russell Wilson, which there's a lot of feelings on Russell Wilson one way or the other. People believe that he gets East Coast bias or, you know, because he's not as held in high standard and he does all these amazing things as well. I, I kind of just wanted to to, to come on really here. Well,
1: liked either among peers.
0: No, I, I kind of wanted to come on here and say this um i'm i'm out on the broncos i i until they show me consistently i refuse to believe that they're anything more than what they are which they're they're just not i don't know they're not competing well they're not scoring points they're not pushing the ball downfield like it's it's crazy to see um wilson does not look as good as he has in the past um i kind of have like no more i don't know i kind of have and i've said this to al before and she's like oh that's just dumb stupid jock and you coming out um i think he's corny (laughs) like i think he's corny and i don't get the appeal like i just
1: oh man you sound like everybody who's everybody who's just jealous that he's married to sierra (laughs) no i'm 100 percent not
0: it's not even that it's the it's the corniness of I'm going to make the videos that my whole life is faith and football and family. And, and, and I'm like, cool, dude, you know, what else is awesome? Why don't you just go out and play really good football? Like you don't need to like make videos and do that kind of stuff. And, and he, he feels like he forces stuff like the danger, Russ, like the uh, Mr. Unlimited,
1: like danger, Witch too.
0: Yeah. It's every, everything he does feels so forced. And not organic, even in the like tiniest bit. It's like I'm gonna try to be cool, and and it just it, you know what's cool, like when you're cool and you don't have to act like it. Like Joe Burrow, he's cool because right. he doesn't like try. He just is. Yeah. Like you, no. some some guys he, just are. Yeah, it's some guys are and some that's guys.
1: That's aren't. a good way of putting it. Some guys are just they don't need to try. They're just cool, you know. Yeah. So. And so I, mean, I agree with your take on Russ, where he's he's trying to force he's trying to be something that he's not. Mm-hmm. And you heard a lot of rumblings that he wasn't very well liked among teammates. And Richard Sherman doesn't speak too highly of him. Uh, Doug Baldwin, like Doug Baldwin, the same way. Like those are two of his former guys he won the Super Bowl with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So but ever since he got his big extension in Seattle, he he just you know.
0: Mm-hmm. But it could be growing pains. Like, it could just be – we could be sitting here a month or two from now and be like, you know what, they figured it out, and and now they know what they're doing, and, you know, egg on my face for for doing all this. But I'm saying this as right now, like knee-jerk reaction kind of thing. I'm just so not impressed with what they're doing, where they're at. It it just – there's nothing about the Broncos that makes me go – yeah, I'm
1: I'm all in on this kind of thing. So, I think you'll agree with me at this. I think they were, without the biggest disappointment, like four games into the season.
0: Yeah, yeah, they had so much, so much hype around them. So much of this, Russell Wilson's going to take them to the next level. They have the offensive uh, coach, and it's just not panning out. Like it's just not looking good at all, whatsoever. So yeah,
1: and and I think they. They hired uh, Nathaniel Hackett with the mindset that they were going to get Aaron Rodgers because he was uh, yeah. Rodgers' OC in Green Bay.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and so that—that's. I mean, that's the only thing I wanted to say about about them. Like, I I think they have the pieces, and I think they could be good, and and they may be good, and you know, you they never do, know how they, it's they going got to turn some great out. Pieces. Yeah, you never know how it's going to turn out later in the season, mm-hmm. but uh, where we're sitting right now, in, in early October, uh. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm I'm selling all my stock on the Broncos right now.
1: Kind of what you said earlier in the last segment about the Steelers being one and three last year and still made the playoffs. I think Kansas City started out one and three two Mm -hmm. last year, correct? Mm -hmm. And so did the Eagles, who did. And the Broncos look—they're two and two. They're in a better position than any of those teams were. So, yeah, look, there's still. As weird as it is, there's still 13 more games to go. Yeah, it's weird. That's the 17. Game their division is just by. such
0: a meat grinder, though. Like to play in the it division, is. it's just. And I think so tough. well, they
1: did lose to the Raiders. Hmm. Actually, actually, the Raiders might be the, the only other team that's been a, probably a bigger disappointment than them so hmm.
0: far. And they get Thursday night just football. They're one and three. Against who do they play on Thursday? What by the time this comes out, we'll
1: have seen the it Colts. and watched it. And Colts, yes. Who's another team I'm out on? The Jonathan, Which... Te- the Jonathan. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They're 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 the same way. They got great talent both sides of the ball. You always think that they're just a quarterback away. Mm-hmm. I think it's just karma for almost well booing Andrew Luck. Yes, when he announced his retirement and failing to build a, a team around like a once in a generation quarterback.
0: Well, and what they do is is what they're doing now is they're they're also failing to just try to go find the next guy. All it is now is like the culture are trying to just yeah. bridge that gap.
1: And, and yeah, and, they're, they're trying to put like a band aid over like a crack to like stop the like the water from leaking. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just look, they, they went from, um, so since, since Andrew Luck, uh, retired, they had Jacoby Brissett. Yeah. Then they went out signed Phillip Rivers and then they traded for Carson Wentz. And now they traded for Matt Ryan. So it's yeah. just like, they're just trying to find these. Well, Carson Wentz. I wouldn't call him a veteran. I mean, he's not at the end of his career like Rivers and Ryan are. But it's just like you know, they're just trying. They're just trying to find lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Because they got talent. Like they're you, you, kind of like Denver. You, you thought they were a quarterback away. And... Yeah. Yeah, it, and
0: so I, you know, I don't know. I'll probably just take the under, <laughs> whatever. That game will end yeah, like that's. It's going to be quite the Thursday game. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fifteen to like with no know, Jonathan whatever. Taylor either. Yeah, um, Ryan, can we talk a little college football? Let's do it, Mark. Okay. The only thing that I really wanted to bring up is is two weeks now in a row, Georgia, who looked like after week one, who who manhandled Oregon, and Oregon now looks to be like I think week one we kind of left thinking okay, Oregon's kind of trash now without Crystal Ball. Um, and now that we're like five weeks in, we're actually like, no, like Oregon is good. Yeah. I think that Georgia is just really good. Um, and then we yeah. get the the week where they they beat Kent uh, Kent State by a couple scores, but it, it it for sure the score was very misleading of the game.
1: Right. Um, if you can argue they didn't get up. To play mm-hmm. Kent State at home
0: yeah uh and then they get Missouri on Which the could road be the same
1: argument with Missouri
0: yeah uh Missouri always seems to play them kind of tougher but yeah. still at the end of the day
1: it, it uh it just Missouri didn't blew some chances in that game too Missouri they, had plenty of chances to put them you know i watched watching like they can't beat them by kicking field goals they got to score touchdowns here they did yes yes um they get Auburn this
0: week uh, who I think the spread right now is 30. Could be 30 and a half.
1: Um, is, it at, is it at home? Or it's they at Georgia. Yeah, it's at Georgia. Okay. Um, Auburn's a
0: mess right now, too. Auburn is a mess. Auburn looked like they should have beat LSU, uh, but LSU mm-hmm. doesn't look that great. LSU gets – there's no. actually a lot of good SEC games this week. Um, between LSU getting Tennessee uh, at home, um, you get Georgia playing Auburn, which – I. <laughs> when I see 30, I kind of think you have to take Auburn uh, plus the 30, just cause it's a conference game. Um, you get Alabama, Texas A&M, which we already kind of alluded to in the first segment is Alabama's game plan with that quarterback they have. Who's the fastest guy on their roster is just going to be run the ball on their face. Um, mm-hmm. Like, uh, mm-hmm. and so I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, Alabama has a hundred or five hundred yards, okay, and and attempts only a couple of passes. So, um, but Georgia, uh, where we started this whole thing, mm-hmm. not not as dominant looking these past couple of weeks. Um, I'm putting very little stock in that. I, I agree. I think the Kent State one is is a little shocking because their offense just didn't look the same as it did the first couple of weeks. No. Um, their defense. I don't know. I I still think they're they're too talented and too good, and now have kind of this championship.
1: They finally got over got over that home sort of. Yes,
0: they have the championship pedigree enough to the fact that I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, George is fraudulent" because they're not. George is going to. I think George is going to figure it out, um, before we get to the end of the year.
1: I would right? agree and, and look
0: really dominant I would agree. again. Mm-hmm. Um. The other uh news from college football, which dropped on Sunday. It was kind of a Sunday dump right in the middle of NFL football. Right. Because I'm sitting there like, is this can't be real? Um, but mm-hmm. it turns out that it is. Uh Paul Chris fired from uh Wisconsin. Now I think you want to touch on it a little bit more. Uh, you definitely have some thoughts about it. So mm-hmm. uh go
1: ahead. All right. I mean, it 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 caught me off guard too Uh, because I was reading something on the athletic uh, the week before and it was like should they fire him and it was kind of like I'm trying I'm starting to think more like he was a very successful coach he won majority I forget what the percentage was um but I I just think his style has just kind of staled out there because Wisconsin they have a, a reputation for being power football great line and great defense which is what they've had in his 7 years there but mm-hmm. these past few years um cuz they were really good in 2019 um their offensive line hasn't been great this year yeah they got great backs they got decent athletes at receiver but they have their issue is they have no quarterback mm-hmm. and paul christ is supposed to be he played quarterback at wisconsin he's supposed to be a qb i, I want to say quarterback whisperer cuz he um i think last year he was like the, he was also their quarterback coach too and Graham mm-hmm. merch is the highest-rated recruit quarterback recruit they've ever had. He's not good. Yeah, I mean, he he was thought well enough out of high school. Ryan Day, one he was Ryan Day's top guy in the class of 2019, mm-hmm. and just what he's not being coached up or what is just meant to be seen. And it's like, I think that's really what's holding them back. And I I wonder if you know, like the guy, like Wisconsin has. Now, the Big Ten West has not been good, but Wisconsin has consistently been, like, the top – one of the top teams competing in the Big Ten West. They, yeah. they they win the games they're supposed to. They just can't beat Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Kind of like – they can't beat – since Chris was there, they never beat Ohio State, and they kind of rotated between beating Michigan or losing to Penn State. Or vice Sparty, versa, just, yeah. 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 Maybe losing to Iowa here and there. Mm-hmm. Um. I just think the end of the line was getting blown out by uh, Brett Bielema, and not they're just getting just it was, that was just enough is enough. He got blown out by Illinois. Like, yeah, yeah, and well, I think yeah, oh, go, go on. Ahead. No, no,
0: no. Go ahead. What, what I was gonna say is this: is I was listening to to Big Cat on part of my take. Who, He's a Wisconsin
1: is, guy too. Yeah,
0: him? oh, a Wisconsin graduate, oh, and he right, kind of yeah. puts he puts it very things in good perspective of like. He understands who Wisconsin is. So he mm-hmm. never like freaks out when like Wisconsin loses a big game because he kind of understands it. Um, this is what and this is what he said about Chris, and I kind of get it. Why I think why they pulled the trigger on firing him now was because like this year has been a total like consumption of issues that he's had stretched out throughout many years. So like losing to the Buckeyes and losing to an inferior opponent and getting blown out by a big West team. Like usually only about one of those things happens a year mm-hmm. and all three have happened just this year. So
1: like, yeah. Cause they lost to Washington state at home too. Yes.
0: Yes. So like, I think that it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Now the hard part you get into is, and I know that you have a name already on the top of your head. How do you find a guy you have two names. Okay. I want to hear both, but how do you find a guy who can, Recruit for what you have in the state of Wisconsin, which is big guys you can run behind, while also being you know, I don't know, more...
1: What's the word I'm looking hard, for? We talked about this, I think, last week, where Wisconsin can't recruit with Ohio State. They just can't go out there and get these five-star wide receivers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's harder for them to do that, but the point I was trying to make is they were always competitive, nine, ten-win team a year. It, it, this, it could look like a Bo Pelini situation when Nebraska fired him. When Pelini never – he won at least eight or nine games every year he was there. And look at what Nebraska has done since they fired him, which I want to say they fired him in 2013 or 2012. Mm-hmm. I could yeah. be wrong. Like they have, They've gotten even worse. And if you're a Nebraska fan, you're probably like, we we wish we never fired him. We we would do anything to be a nine yeah. ten win team. And you brought up because you're watching SMU in uh, uh, Central Florida right now. Because you brought Auburn up a little bit ago, they fired Gus Malzahn through 2020. Look at the situation they're in now. Yeah, I guarantee you they're like we jumped. They jumped the gun on that. They're like you know what? we didn't appreciate what we had. And yeah, I know we've discussed this in the past. He has beaten Saban from the t- time at Auburn. Nobody in his has beaten Nick Saban more than he has since 2013. Yeah. I, I'm 99.9% sure he's no. beaten him three times. Yeah, I think you're true. I think you're right. I think that's Nobody true. Nobody else, like, has Georgia's beaten him, has beaten them once, I want to say. Yeah. That, National that, title. The yeah, because Kirby Smart, because last year was the first year Nick Savin has ever lost to one of his former assistants because so he yes. lost to Jimbo and he lost to Kirby Smart so he definitely Kirby Smart had never beaten him before that and I don't know if Mark Rick um well if he did beat Saban it was probably like late 10 10 plus years ago sort of thing yeah
0: yeah um you know what and in bringing up Malzahn is interesting because the word I was looking for is he's more exotic with his runs like he, yes. he, he loves running the ball, which you're going to be able to get like guys that can run the ball at Wisconsin, but he's much more exotic with how he does it. A lot mm-hmm. of motion, a lot of yeah. reading, a lot of like, it's very new age, um, still punchy in the mouth kind of offense while having like, it's not a pro style. You can spread the ball out a little bit right. more. Um, co-
1: can Wisconsin do that? Sure. Like, I don't know what the best their best team that they've had the past ten years is when they had Russell Wilson, mobile mm-hmm. quarterback. Like, I don't know why. I think that would help their running game even more, where you don't just have to focus on a Braylon Allen or Jonathan Taylor, Melvin Gordon. You have a quarterback you can keep an eye on, sort of thing, and that could help their passing game out too. Like, yeah, yeah. Do you think? Because I want to bring up, just use Kentucky as an example. Kentucky, a lot of Ohio does. Ohio State does not recruit Ohio like they used to with Jim Trestle. Like mm-hmm. they make it the best eight, ten guys. But, but Ohio is one of the most talented football states. I think mean, you can say that firsthand because you yeah. coach. Yeah. You Kentucky still have a lot of Ohio guys. You think a school like Wisconsin would try to poach more kids from Ohio because mm-hmm. you know they're very, very talented, and you can probably get a couple of diamonds in the rough maybe at. A wide receivers just someone like that like i think it's possible for them to do that but it's they, they gotta stick to what they're good at but try maybe getting in a couple new wrinkles like i think i i, I partially think they fired paul chris early so they could promote jim leonard to a uh, yeah so they could keep jim leonard because jim leonard is a really good defensive coordinator since yeah. they brought him in, he's like that young up-and-coming guy like I didn't realize this. The Packers tried to hire him as their defensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, and kind kind of give him the uh, – uh, you know, a test drive right now mm-hmm. before they actually make the decision. So he may end up being the guy. I right. I, I kind of stand with – I don't know. When you fire a guy – how do I say this? Because it obviously worked out in the Buckeyes' favor. Well, they didn't fire yeah. Urban, but, like, they, they promoted from within. Now, yes. I think that that only works at, like, mega uber – like, awesome it worked at programs. Oklahoma
1: with uh, Lincoln, Riley, and um, yes. Bob Stoops. and Bob Stoops, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where
0: if you look like um, like Alabama, and I've said this before, and some people call me crazy and I don't care. Like, the moment Nick Saban retires, the number one guy they're going to go after is the head coach at Clemson, Dabo Sweeney.
1: Oh, I, like, I, I absolutely he, agree with and, that. And guess I what? absolutely agree with that.
0: Breaking news, Dabo Sweeney's going to leave Clemson to go to Alabama. Like, that – No, they just extended him, but, but – I mean, what what he can get at Alabama is, A, he went there, so he's a mm-hmm. graduate. B, he's already got the name, so he's going to keep getting the recruits. Like, oh, yeah. What, what he's going to do there is going to be better than – not better than what he gets at Clemson, but it's almost going to take what he does up to the next stratosphere. Anyway, that's way off point. Um. I do like the idea of seeing what Leonard can do to finish this year and if he looks good keeping him, but I don't love if they do keep him signing him to like this huge contract for many, many years. Like you almost have to keep like seeing how I, I think three years. So that way you can kind of get a recruiting cycle uh, in and not get stuck in these like massive coaching, right.
1: you know? because uh, You see all these, um, Mid season firings for a couple reasons because a you have an early like the early signing period, so you give time for you know, you're being open and honest with the recruits that hey, we're gonna get looking for a new coach, so they can take their time and trying to find someone while also giving Jim Leonard like if they went out the rest of the season, I think there's no way they won't uh, promote just G- Jim Leonard to head coach because not only is Jim Leonard was a three time All American at Wisconsin, he had a pretty solid pro career. Mm-hmm. He's like – he's their Brian Hartline, per se, where he's like that young up-and-coming coach who played at – his. he's coaching at his alma mater where he was a very good player and he played in the NFL. And I just think that he's a younger guy because he was able to – he was a big reason for their success with Paul Chris because when he brought him and he was able to bring some new wrinkles into like the defense sort of thing. And he's Mm -hmm. a very good coordinator, I think so. Now we'll see how he can do as a head coach and if he can just bring some – of that energy back just because, you know, Ohio State, I bring this up, they have a, a lineman named Carson Hinsman on their team who is from Wisconsin, mm-hmm. who they got in this past recruiting class. Five years ago, that guy's a Badger. Yeah. The top player in the state of Wisconsin has already visited Ohio State twice. And guess what, guess what position he plays? Offensive of line. hmm So, yeah. I just think, has their styles kind of staled to where they're losing some of these guys to bigger – because I'm pretty sure um, J.C. Latham, he's a lineman at, at Alabama. Because I know Ohio State was really after him. He's from Milwaukee. Yeah. So probably a couple years ago, he would have been a Badger. But maybe if they could get some of these keyboard in a state like Wisconsin, you have to keep the all the top players in your state. If you have a you have a five star in Wisconsin, which you know they get from time to time again, you got to keep them. Yeah. And then yeah, you know they're not going to get all the. I feel all these california or texas or florida kids i mean obviously they'll get a guy or two from them a year but you gotta get you gotta like um you gotta stick to your roots also t- trying some new wrinkles kind of like you said with gus Melton like he's does different things with uh he's it's, the a, ball. it's
0: an exotic run game it's, it's a it's a, a thing yeah, yeah
1: you're you're gonna use formations and you're still gonna be able to get
0: athletes and stuff into space but at the same time your identity is we want to run the ball first and we want to do a lot of zone read a lot of you know all that kind of stuff as well so uh, i think it'll be interesting to see what what uh wisconsin does um moving forward so ryan do you have anything else with college football
1: um this is either for last i want to say about wisconsin this is either going to blow up in their face like they jumped the gun or it's going to be just like one of the best things that happened to them. Because yes. you're seeing like teams like Penn State who have kind of – they ex- they gave James Franklin a big extension. And they're kind of – you know, they've been kind of mediocre, kind of just stuck in like being more of a regional power, like a n- consistent 9-10 to 10 win team, beat the teams they're supposed to, but can't beat Ohio State. They beat Michigan every two or three years mm-hmm. same Michigan State. Or you know, they're they're yeah. going to be a competitive team, but they're just not quite there. Yeah, yeah. And Michigan State's could potentially be like that with Mel Tucker too, because they uh, they might have jumped the gun by giving him that big extension. We'll see. There's kind of two ways you can do it. It's because mm-hmm. it's you don't see a lot of guys who are at a place for like ten plus years who are very consistent, like Dabo Sweeney's. Like besides Nick Saban, like Dabo Sweeney's kind of the best example yeah kirk Farrens, because i read this today from Ari Wasserman on the athletic he's kind of another guy he's been at iowa for yeah a while he's kind of had sustained success and he's been yeah there for over I, 20 years Iowa's
0: another team that knows exactly who they are and they kind of play into it as well
1: but similarly to wisconsin their styles really kind of staled out offensively yeah. especially yeah like yeah their offense is atrocious yes um ryan
0: we got our, our, our two-minute warning here, buddy. Okay. And I know where you want to go with this, so the floor is yours.
1: All righty. So, as of Wednesday, this episode will come out Friday. So, MLB playoffs start on Friday. We finally know who everyone's playing and what time they're playing. So, the first game of the day at 12.07, conveniently I can't watch, Guardians and the Rays, and then the Cardinals play the Phillies at 2, and then uh the Blue Jays and Mariners play at – Four. Or is it? Six? I think it's... No, it's six. Anyways, and then the Mets played the uh, Padres on Friday too. So it's these, It's a wild card series. Best of three. First team to win two. So each mm-hmm. team plays Friday and Saturday guaranteed with mm-hmm. game three on Sunday if needed. I'm so excited. I love the fact that the Guardians are playing the Rays. I mean, yes, we beat them four out of the six times we played in the regular season, but That means nothing. Um, I have a sneaky good feeling with this team because we're, as twins and White Sox fans say on Twitter, we play a disgusting style of baseball because we don't hit a thousand home runs and strike out a million times. We Mm -hmm. get base hits. We are a great base running team, great pitching staff. And I think as great as home runs are, if you can score runs without having to rely on the home run, I think you're in great shape, which is the type of team the Guardians are.
0: Yeah. Well, and and what's going to help them too is Tampa Bay is kind of limping into the playoffs. They well. are, they are, uh, but like, that
1: doesn't mean anything once the playoffs start because yeah. you, you know we've seen anything can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you a, just 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 beat them in a series two to
0: three just in yeah. uh, uh September. So, um, that being said, I'm going to take Tampa Bay game one. No hard feelings. That's no offense to you at all. No offense whatsoever. I'm but I'm taking Tampa Bay. Um. Yeah, I love baseball playoffs. I love the baseball playoffs. It's so much fun. It's so, so much fun. And 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 my favorite uh, storyline with this whole thing has to do with the Mets. Mets win 100 games. They have that division completely in hand and in wraps, and they just completely bungle it, blow it away, uh, and get swept. All they had to do was win one game against the Braves in that series. They just had to win one game against the Braves, and they got swept and then couldn't win on Tuesday or Monday. I think it was Monday. Couldn't win Monday, uh, and the Braves won to clinch. It's insane. It's insane that they had, they had a 10-and-a-half game lead at a certain point and then lost. It, it is. It is.
1: Mm-hmm. And now, I mean, the Mets you know, the Mets won 100, 100 games, I'm pretty yes, sure. Yes, they did 100 games, exactly. And now they get to play in the wild card and their season can be over just like that. Yeah. That's what makes this so crazy. Like you can be in a hundred win team and then your season's done like after two games. Yep. And the Padres aren't a pushover either. Um, Mm -hmm. It's crazy because everybody flipped out when they traded for Juan Soto. And I'm just thinking like, I've hardly heard about the Padres since they got him. Now Fernando Tatis Jr. Being suspended didn't help, but it's like the Padres when they got Soto there, everything was running high and it just went, Straight down like that. Is Degrom injured right now? I don't think so. He pitched last week. I thought. Yeah, I don't think so either. I just was checking to make sure, but, um, but he has an injury history. Yes.
0: Yes, but yeah, baseball players are awesome. Uh, I, I'm kind of just looking at it as well. Uh, I love Seattle. I love Seattle. They they just they're so scrappy. Um, do you do you know who's gonna who's gonna start for uh? The old I words. Oh, in game one,
1: B- Bieber. Yeah, Bieber is going to pitch Friday. Tristan McKenzie is going to pitch Saturday. And if there's a game three on Sunday, um, it'll be Cal Quantrill. Okay, which is expected. Um, I do not know because nothing's been official. Um, but I would assume Tampa Bay is going to start. Um, Shane McClendon. Mm-hmm. Um, game one. Game okay. two, I keep seeing the Tyler Glasnow projection, but Glasnow's coming off Tommy John. He didn't make his first start until last week when they played the Guardians. Yeah, he but he still he's, this year. He still looked pretty good. He, yeah, but I'm just wondering, like, were they really going to start him and like just throw him into a playoff game like that? Because I know it's do or die, and you'll do anything. But they still got Corey Kluber. It I, might, I thought it's it might depend on what they do game one. If they beat the Guardians yeah. game
0: one, I could see them putting Glassnow out there game two.
1: And they're one of those teams. They use a lot of analytics. So yeah, um, they you know they were the ones who kind of started the whole opener thing per se. So Mm -hmm. where they you know they they would start a reliever for they pitch the first three innings of every game, and they just kind of go to the bullpen, which they could do that too. So yeah,
0: yeah, Um, but
1: it's going to be a blast, Ryan.
0: October. I was so excited. I I texted you on the matchup. Oh, sorry, yeah, it. no, you're good. I text you on Sunday that this is the best month of the year. It like, is. There's there's very few to- sports times of the year that I love as much as this. I love October, I love Feast Week. Oh, I yeah. love that's great too. March Madness, first weekend, those are the top three by far.
1: I would say like December, like kind of like that week between Christmas and New Year's with all the bowl games. That's yes,
0: bowl season too. is a good one. Okay, so bowl season's up there too. I, I don't know how that slipped my mind. Bowl season is definitely <laughs> Come up on, there Mark. too. I know I I messed that up. When there's a when there's a bowl game on like every day at like noon, it's awesome. Um, feast week, I love it because you get college football and college basketball nonstop. It's
1: and they rivalry have rivalry week and you yes. get some of those great early season tournaments.
0: Yes, you get NFL games mixed in, like it's awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, Ryan, any last thoughts? I knew you had something you just want to talk about the matchups.
1: The guardians raise is a perfect of two. Like, um, teams don't have the highest payrolls that rely Tampa Bay more than the guardians rely on analytics. The guardians mm-hmm. are the youngest team in baseball. Who's like a year or two. Like nobody thought they'd make the playoffs this year. They're only going to get better. Yeah. And, you know they they don't have the highest payroll. They they didn't go out and sign a bunch of guys. They chose to let the kids play, and it paid off. Yep. I'm just, I'm. They're showing me you don't have to throw money at certain guys to to win in baseball. In the way everybody thinks that's the only way to win, but it's,
0: yeah. I'm, it's, I it, I can't wait. I'm so excited. It's possible to do it with a small market.
1: It is. It is. Yep. And the, the Reds can. Uh, not to take a shot at the Reds. They can take notes on how it's done.
0: Yep. Shout out 100 losses. You got to love yeah. triple digit losses. It's, uh, it's fun over here.
1: <laughs>
0: but All right, Ryan. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you so much. Remember to download, rate, review, subscribe. Do all those things. It really does help. Uh, and we will catch you next time.
1: Thanks for listening.